shorty. Man, I had all these big dreams. Manches, Benzis, watching games on split screen. That whole life I dreamed that. Ball hard while the money sat. Yeah, chilling my son. Shout out to everybody who showed love to the Brutally Me pilot episode. The love and support was overwhelming. It's always dope as a creative when you put something out and people give you that love and respect on your work. I think sometimes we fall into a trap as creatives. You know what? Not just as creatives, but as people. We fall into this trap that people don't care about what we have to say. People don't care about what we think. People don't care about our experiences. They got their own shit that they got going on. And I think that couldn't be further from the truth. The people who don't care don't matter. Let's make that abundantly clear. If they don't care, they don't matter. They aren't a factor. The people who do care are the people that matter, are the factors in your life. And that's who you should hang your energy on. People who don't care, who don't care about what you got going on, who don't care about what you have to say, who don't care about what you think, those people do not matter. So we have to get out of the habit that, oh, nobody cares about what I want to do or what I want to say. We have to get out of the habit of saying that and just say the people who don't care don't matter. Be you. When you're you, everything else falls into place. When you're you, everything else falls into place. Facts. Snapple top. Being you is the single most important thing that you can do for yourself. You owe it to yourself to be you. You owe it to yourself to stand 10 toes down and believe in what you believe in unapologetically. People are going to judge you if you make a right decision. People are going to judge you if you make the wrong decision. Make the best decision for you. I know that's kind of off topic, but that's a word that I just felt in my spirit. Because somebody need to hear that. The people that don't care don't matter. So, be you unapologetically. And make the best decisions for you. Write that down. Put it in your text. Put it in your notepad on your phone. Store that. Repeat that to yourself. Know that. With that said, let's move on. One of the people hit me up that heard the pilot and said, like, yo, one of the things I want to hear about, I want to hear more about you, a deep dive into you. And to be honest, she wasn't the only person who who said that, who asked that. And I thought to myself, hmm, could I get that done in a 15 to 20, 25 minute podcast or should I break it up? across different across different chapters or different episodes. And I think I'd be doing myself a disservice if I tried to lump it all in in one episode because I think it would be too cluttered and I think it's little jewels and little nuggets that people might miss. So I think I'm going to sprinkle it out. So let's start out with exactly who I am, right? Exactly, you know, my upbringing a little bit, right? Um, My name's Daniel Moore, in case you didn't know. Go by the name of D-Son. But before I was D-Son, I was just always Daniel Moore. 
Named after my dad. My dad was Anthony Moore. Last name after my dad. Beautiful mom. Nicey Webb. I'm the youngest of seven, yo. The youngest of seven. Now, caveat, my parents did not have all seven kids together. My mom had all the boys. And then my dad went away and he had all the girls. <laughs> and I happened to be the youngest for, for both of them. Right? Go figure. I don't know the extent of my... My mom and dad's relationship, to be honest, back then. I don't know. And to be perfectly honest, I never asked. I never asked, you know, any details about my mom and dad relationship. It was just always that my dad was just kind of out of sight, out of mind. He just wasn't around. And that ain't no diss to my dad. I mean, he know what time it is. You know what I mean? Like, he just he just wasn't around, you know? I do remember vaguely, you know, spending some weekends with him out in Maywood. Um, used to be at his mom's house, and I used to play like bases loaded. Um, outside, I get a tennis ball and I would throw it against the stairs and act like a certain batter was up the bat, or like I was playing a certain team, and I was the pitcher, the the I was the pitcher, the first baseman, the second baseman. I was the whole thing. I was the whole nine. And I would play it, and you know. For as long as I can remember, my mom was a single mom. That's just the facts. Again, it's not a diss. That's just what it is. I'm, it's, un- it's brutally me, man. You know, I'm going to tell it what it is. Um, And again, I never asked. I never asked. It was just always out of sight, out of mind. I'm living life accordingly. I was so f- fixated with sports and video games at the time that I don't think it would have mattered if neither one of them was there. <laughs> <laughs> like I was so fixated on just playing on playing sports and you know and 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 um in video games. Sometimes I do wonder if my childhood, if I was robbed of a childhood, if I'm being 100% honest. Sometimes I wonder if I was robbed of a childhood because I didn't do the things that most kids did. I didn't you know read comic books and watch cartoons and shit. So I didn't know Certain cartoon characters and comic book characters, I didn't know. I didn't know that shit. So kids would be talking about that shit. I'd be like, bro, like, no, I was watching the Bulls play the Nuggets last night. Like, I give no fuck about your comic book characters. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I or I was playing Super Mario Brothers, or you know, playing a wrestling game, or watching wrestling. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't. You know, like, I think all. I think in the nineties, bro. I think in the 90s, everybody was watching wrestling. You know, those were my three things, sports, wrestling, and video games in the 90s. And I when I just didn't, I, like I said, sometimes I just feel like I was deprived of a childhood sometimes. And I don't, you know, and I don't know if sub, subconsciously my dad not being around and my mom being so laissez-faire. If you don't know what laissez-faire means, it means hands-off. Or my mom being so hands-off and just kind of just letting me navigate navigate day-to-day life. And I, when I mean by navigate day-to-day life, I don't mean like just letting me do what I want, right? I mean by trusting that I would make the right decision or do the right things. I've never been in a lot of trouble growing up. Like never. I was never in the streets. Um, I was, you know, fights rarely. Like, I can count on one hand how many times my mom probably got called about 
you know, some OC shit I might have been doing growing up. At the most, I was just bullshitting in school by not doing work. At the very most. In grammar school, I started playing organized sports, you know what I mean? Um, I think growing up, everybody wanted to be Michael Jordan at the time in the 90s as well. You know, I wanted to be a basketball player. I wanted to be a basketball player. I worked hard at it. Like, I was very good at basketball. I just felt like mentally I was a late bloomer. Mentally, I was a late bloomer on the aspect of, like, what it would take for me to be great. I always knew I wanted to be great in life, but I didn't know what it took to be great until much later in my life because one of the things that needed doing was me getting great grades in school, and that's something that I just didn't do because I didn't really care enough to do the work. I got good grades, damn near straight A's, all the way up to, like, seventh grade, and, like, in seventh grade, I decided that I didn't like school too much. I wasn't doing the homework. I wasn't doing the classwork. I just didn't give a shit. Like, I just didn't give a shit. You know what I mean? Like, no matter how many times my mom put me on punishment, no matter how many conversations we had, no matter, no matter how many times Miss Headwood will call my mom or let her know I didn't do no work, no matter how many times on progress reports my grades is dropping, I whatever. Like, school just didn't move me. And that trend continued when I got to high school. It continued when I got to high school. When I got to high school, bro, it was really time. It was that that trend was really times three. My high school experience was so whack, bro. I went to High Park. I went to High Park Career Academy, Stony Island stand up. Went to High Park. I should have been hooping. Should have been hooping, bro. But remember I told y'all that my mentality was just, it just wasn't there. I was a late bloomer mentally on the aspect of doing what I needed to do to be great. See, mentally, like I was always prepared, like as far as like um, real life situations and shit, like I knew right from wrong. You know, I knew I knew right from wrong. I knew what I should or shouldn't be doing. But on the aspect of the steps, the process that I needed to do to be great, I simply didn't do it. And at the time when you're a child, grammar school and high school, what's that process? Go to school, get good grades. Anything else was extra that your parents might attack on in. They might attack on chores. You know what I mean? Or wherever else, whatever else that they might have for you specifically. But for the most part, that process was go to school and get good grades. And that was not. It was the furthest thing from my mind. My senior year, in order for me to walk across the stage on time with my class. I had to do night school. Four days out the week. So I was in school from 8. From 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. I'm going to give you a. I'm going to give you. I'm going to tell you a fun fact. Unless my mama is hearing this podcast right now. Which she probably is because she supports me heavily. She didn't know that. Like she did not know that. For my, my mama thinks that. I went to summer school my sophomore year. 
for for an um geometry class and I skipped all summer school and didn't go and did not go because I didn't want to be in school in the summertime. <laughs> I didn't want to go to school. And that shit caught up to me my senior year. I had to do night school for that class that if I just would have did it my sophomore year would have been over with. And then I ended up filling another class. It was a um it was an English class. I ended up filling an English class and that ended up being the second class that I had to pass to walk across the stage on time. So these two classes that I felt my sophomore year had, I just went to summer school for them my sophomore year. I wouldn't have had to do this shit my senior year. So my senior year, I'm going to school from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. just to walk across the stage on time. And what pushed me into doing that was fear of failure. Fear of failure. I tell the kids that I mentor all the time that if I would have dedicated my four years of high school, if I would have did it the same way that I dedicated that last year, my senior year, I guarantee you I would have had somewhere between a 3.5 and a 4.0 because I bust my ass. I bust my ass because I did not want to not walk across the stage with the class that I came in with. And another thing was that if I wouldn't have did it, my mama would have knew that I lied about not going to summer school. (laughs) That's fucking hilarious. Thinking back at it, man, it's fucking hilarious, bro. I think it was the only time I ever got one over on my mom. See, mom, you can't really do nothing now. I'm 34 years old. I walked across stage on time. That ship sailed. That shit over with. <laughs> oh, man. But, but yeah, man, like what pushed me was fear of failure. But I'm going to tell you something. That senior year, I learned a lot about myself. I learned a lot about myself my senior year. Two things I learned. Perseverance and persistence. And I want to say that my senior year was the turning point for me as a as a young man. Because it was the first time I was ever faced with a now or never proposition. It was the first time in my life I felt a real life L coming on. Right? A real life L. See, as an athlete, you know, we we used to get L's. You know, you lose. You're not going to win them all. But a life L is different. A life L is different. And it was the first time I felt like, yo, I'm losing in life. As a high school senior, I'm saying this to myself, I'm losing in life. My GPA ain't shit. I'm not about to graduate on time because I just I didn't have the foresight to understand that do what I need to do now to do what I need to do later. I didn't have the foresight at the time because, again, remember, I'm 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 mentally weak. I'm mentally weak at this time on the aspect of just being great. On the aspect of being great. Or what it takes to be great. I'm mentally weak at this time. My senior year, bro, it was the first time where I felt like I learned a life lesson. And that lesson was quite frankly, one hundred percent honestly. Get on your shit in lambing terms. Is it lambing or laming, y'all? 
It's a lamb and a lightning. I don't know, but um, let me know. <laughs> D-S-O-N-T-O on Instagram. Let me know if it's lambing or lambing. <laughs> but get on your shit. You know what I mean? Get on your business. Handle your business. For like six, maybe six months. Let's see, a school year is what? September, October, November, December, January, February, March, April, May, June. Like, damn. Like, you know, for the so for the majority of that, you know, it taught me that that if I did put my mind to something that I can do it. And that was the turning point for me. So really in a weird way, high school, all while I say that my experience was pretty whack, all in all, high school did exactly what it was supposed to do for me. When you factor in the fact that, you know, as I said earlier, that I didn't know, I didn't know the process of what it meant to be great. I knew I just wanted to be great. That's it. That's it. You know what I mean? Like as a shorty, I knew I wanted to be great, but we don't, as a shorty, I didn't unpack that. I didn't unpack. I I didn't unpack that. I didn't have nobody to unpack it with. I didn't have those type of conversations with my mom about what does me being great mean. And my dad wasn't around to have those type of conversations. So in a way, in high school, high school kind of, it kind of, shit, high school kind of grew me in a weird way because I had to figure it the fuck out. Like I had to figure it the fuck out because if I didn't, I would fail. Like if I didn't, I would fail. 100% facts. And I think that's where mentally I started to my senior year. That's where I started to the light bulb went off for me. That, yo, you simply applying yourself, bro. Like you simply applying yourself. You know what you can do? My senior year, I ended up winning a scholarship. Through the Chicago Park District Junior Citizen Award. Winner of the year. I believe they still do it. I end up winning a scholarship. I end up winning first place. With under a 2.0 GP average. 2.0 GPA. You want to know why? Because my speech was impeccable. And I'm not just saying that. Like I, I was the only one out of 10 people who had a perfect score for their speech. The Junior Citizen Award winner for me was a way for me to show like that was something I had to do for myself. That was something I had to do for myself. I had to prove to myself that you are much better than what your GPA, what your grades say that you are. So to get up there and win a Junior Citizen Junior Citizen Award, speak at Soldier Field in front of a ballroom full of people. The superintendent from the Chicago Park District, a bunch of supervisors, friends, family. You know what I mean? Like that was a turning point as well for me that I didn't really that I didn't talk about enough in this episode, to be honest. Because that was huge for me. That was also my senior year. That was huge for me. Miss Murray. 
Shout out to Miss Murray. Anybody who went to High Park, you know who Miss Murray is. Miss Murray was the was the English teacher at High Park that made you do. I want to say a 10 page paper. The rumors say that she made you do a 10 page paper and it could be more. And you you had the entire school year to do it and, you, and it was due on prom day. I didn't have Miss Murray as an English teacher my senior year, but she was my night school teacher, bro. So imagine the fear of me having Miss Murray as a as a night school teacher. But Miss Murray was probably the single most important figure of my senior year. Because that lady pushed me like I've never been pushed by a teacher before. She pushed me. She saw the potential in me. She saw the greatness in me. You hear horror stories about Miss Miss Murray as a junior getting ready to go into your senior year. Oh, my God. She gives you so much homework and you got a 200 page paper due by the end of the school year and it's due on prom day. And me knowing that and even though she wasn't my homeroom teacher, she wasn't my teacher during our regular school hours, but she was my English teacher for. Um, for the night school class, me knowing that, me hearing that, boy, I was petrified. But she was the single most driving factor to literally sit me down and tell me, dude, you have amazing potential and you're about to blow it. Miss Murray was also a speech teacher, so... Me knowing that I had this scholarship opportunity through the Chicago Park District for Junior Citizen, me knowing that, apprehensive, I went to Miss Murray and I asked her if she can help me with my speech. Miss Murray asked, what do I have? I put together the speech. She liked it, but she had pointers for how it can be better. I worked with Miss Murray on this speech during night school and during regular during regular school as well. Bro. And she would drill me. She would drill me. She would drill me. She would make me say it again and again and again. I want you to learn it too. When you go up there, you don't have to use your paper. And her spending that much time with me was the again was the single most important factor that happened to me in high school. And I don't know. You know what I mean? Like I don't know. I don't know if Miss Murray, if she's still available, if she's still alive, if if she, you know, I don't know. If she is and she happens to hear this, I really want her to know that I 100% really appreciate her because I don't think without, ain't no, I don't think, I know for a fact that without her, I wouldn't have got through my senior year. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have got through my senior year with a less than T, with a less than 2.0 GPA and a scholarship from the Chicago Park District if it was not for Ms. Murray. I never told her that. I never got the chance to tell her that. Never got the chance to tell her that. So if anybody has a line on Miss Murray, and I know that was, I'm 34, so I know that was 15 years ago, 16 years ago. 
You know what I mean? Please, please, please let her know. Like, please let her know that Daniel Moore really appreciates her. I think that's the perfect note to end this episode on. Thank you all for tuning in here, man, and and rocking with the Brutally Me podcast. Um, I definitely appreciate you guys, man. If you like this episode, please, 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 please share the pod with everybody. Everything Brutally Me is on my IG, D-S-O-N-T-L. Everything Brutally Me. Everything. I still don't know if I still don't know what I'm gonna do, guys. I don't know if I'm gonna I don't know if I'm going to add a visual to this to put it on YouTube. I don't know. As of right now, the the expectation is to only have some brutally me content on, you know, on some IG and some TikTok maybe and maybe some Facebook story type of things. Um and also on the DSPs, obviously, on your Spotify's and your Apple Music's and wherever you find your your um wherever you listen to your podcast of choice at. Um but Apple Music be playing with me. That's why I only been rocking with Spotify, even with the Players Pit. So you might just only find this on Spotify for the time being. I don't know, guys. Um, we'll, we'll see. We'll figure it out. Um, but but yeah, man. So you guys have have a no matter what day you listen to this, night, morning, evening, whatever. Have a great rest of your night, a great rest of your day, whatever the case might be. And until next time. Peace. They be like, son, where you been at? I'm stacking paper, moving up, on the grind, counting dubs, just trying to get my comfort they right. They be like, son, you ain't been around. My bills paid and my son straight, laying low and out the way, just trying to get our comfort yeah. right.